A quick warning, folks. This episode will contain the names of people and places from a fantasy sword and sorcery setting. Names that I am sure to mispronounce often. Also, I know that the podcast is marked as explicit, but there's a bit more cussing in this episode than there normally is. Not sure why. I guess I was just in one of those moods. But hey, please don't hold any of that against me. Neither the cussing nor the mispronunciations. Enjoy the show. Between the years when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of when shining kingdoms lay spread across the world. Hither came Conan, the Cimmerian, sword in hand. It is I, his chronicler, who knows well his saga. Now let me tell you of the days of high adventure. From Stephen or Else Media, this is Hither Came Conan, treading the jeweled thrones of Hyboria beneath my sneakered feet, one comic book at a time. I'm your host, my name is Stephen, and my purpose here today is to bring you an episode chock full of talk of a Hyborian nature. I mean, that's my job. I'm here to talk Conan, possibly entertain you just a bit, and most importantly, to ensure that we get from point A to point B with as little delay as possible. Efficiency is the name of the game here, folks. My job is to ensure that this episode runs as smoothly as possible with very little filler. What's filler, you ask? Well, filler is material of lower cost or quality that's used to fill a certain television time slot or physical medium, such as a music album. See... In the early days of television, most output was live. The hours of broadcast were limited, and so a test card was commonly broadcast at other times. When a breakdown happened during a live broadcast, a standard recording filled in. On the BBC, a film of a potter's wheel was often used for this purpose, filmed at the Compton Potter's Arts Guild. Similar short films, such as a kitten playing, were also used as interludes or interstitial programs to fill gaps in TV schedules. In the United States, these have their roots in the old Saturday afternoon horror movies hosted on independent stations. The fish cam is a particularly widespread form of filler in this tradition. In other words, filler would be a great big bunch of useless information or content that doesn't add to, or in some cases has no relation to, the main subject of the episode. It's added to pad out an episode, you know, to make an episode longer so that the host could point to it and say, hey, look how long that episode is. That's pretty impressive. I bet your episodes aren't that long. Well, you're not going to get any of that here. Not this podcast. That's not what we stand for here at Hither Came Conan. There will be no filler, no padding, no stuffing, no buffer, and certainly no cushion. I guess what I'm trying to say, folks, is that here... On Hither Came Conan, there will be no beating around the bush. I am here to make sure that we get to the subject at hand with all possible speed. And that's exactly what we're going to do. I mean it, folks. If I am nothing, I am a man of my word. And that means no more delays, no more stalling. There will be no dilly-dallying, no lollygagging, no hemming, no hawing. And there will not 
be any dragging of feet. So with that in mind, let us move forward with all due haste. And once again, step out of the 70s and step back into the present with issue number seven of Conan the Barbarian from Heroic Signatures and Titan Comics. This issue hit the stands on Wednesday, February the 7th, 2024, and the title of the story is Thrice Marked for Death, Part 3, Haunted. It was written by Jim Zub with art by Doug Braithwaite, colors by Diego Rodriguez, letters by Richard Starkings, Chris Butera was our editor on this issue, and Matt Murray was the consulting editor. Into the boat! Previously in Conan the Barbarian. After stealing the stone known as Tarim's Touch from the Temple of Bel, Conan of Sumeria and the thieving glory hounds are beset by violent specters. Facing impossible odds, Conan and his crew are forced to flee, running directly towards the waiting swords of the temple guards. After mercilessly dispatching the foemen, Conan faced the specters once again. Yet this time, they did not attack. Instead, issuing cryptic words to the Sumerian before vanishing into thin air. Coin in hand, Conan headed deep into Shatazar to spend his ill-gotten gains, indulging in drink and pleasures of the flesh with his ally Chandra. But then a mysterious power washed over the sneak thief, a strange force compelling her to approach Conan, knife in hand, poised to kill. That recap, by the way, it was taken directly from the On the Road of Kings section from within this issue. Our story opens in the past as Conan is sharing time with his long-lost love, Belit, Queen of the Black Coast. The two are in Belit's cabin, lounging about in nothing but their underpants. Sexy, sexy. They talk about death for a bit, and then a pact is made to live their lives together full-throated and fearless, and that when they die, even the gods shall gasp at the loss. Back in the present, Conan, feeling very relaxed following a bout of lovemaking, no way, gross, suddenly cries out in pain as Chandra plunges the blade of a knife into his back. Conan, of course, is all like, what the fuck? But when he sees Chandra's face and looks into her eyes, he can see that the woman he knew is gone, and that in her place is a monster who wants him dead. Then I saw her face. And so the two fight, bouncing around the room and tearing shit up until the big barbarian, knowing that he's got no other choice but to put her down before she kills him or anyone else, pummels Chandra to death with his fists. Wow, that was kind of brutal. With the deed done and nothing left for him, Conan gets dressed and leaves, taking to the nighttime streets of Shatazar. He wanders the dizzying maze, no real destination in mind when from a dark alcove, he's propositioned by a prostitute. Hey, baby, you want a party? Conan catches a whiff of her perfume, and the scent pulls a memory of Belit into his mind. But as quickly as it comes, it just as quickly becomes twisted in his head. Not a true memory of his once great love, but something dark and corrupt. The Sumerian rears back from the prostitute in fear before he lurches away, stumbling through the dark labyrinth of streets like a drunk his brain pounding with thoughts of violence, greed, and guilt. Excellent. Then something catches his eye, causing him to stop. It's a dog's head carved from stone and mounted on the wall of the dank alley, a symbol of the glory hounds put there to mark the hidden entrance to a secret gathering place under the city. Uh, my secret room's bigger. Conan triggers the latch that opens the door and enters, following the hidden path down 
hoping to find and warn the others in the guild of something that he senses is coming, something sinister and unnatural. When he comes to the end of the path, however, he finds that the guild is no more, for within the secret gathering place, the walls and floor splashed with blood, there is only death. The bodies of his guildmates lie strewn about, murdered in such violence and brutality that for a moment, even Conan is taken aback. But it's not just the dead that gives the Sumerian pause. Walking among the corpses are the two who have turned this secret gathering place into a slaughterhouse. Grief and Kamal. But like Chandra, Conan can see that there's nothing left inside his two former companions. What used to be Grief and Kamal are dead. What stands before Conan now are like puppets. Vessels possessed by a deep, unnatural evil. Conan knows what he has to do. Grief and Kamal, whatever they are now, need to die. The Sumerian attacks, and it's all he can do to stay alive. Yet, in the end, through sheer ferocity, Conan takes them down, and the room grows quiet. He has only a moment to catch his breath, however, before the three specters from the previous issue return, telling Conan that he has proven to be more than a warrior, that he has proven himself to be worthy of their power and worthy of their master's mission. You're so worthy! And so, as the issue ends, the three specters fly into the big barbarian, possessing him to become the ultimate weapon for their master, Thulsa Doom. Hither Came Conan will return after these messages. Oh yeah, I heard a podcast I think you all should know If you like indie comics Professor Frenzy Show Professor Frenzy Show oh, oh. Professor Frenzy Show Professor Frenzy Show And now, back to Hither Came Conan. Okay, so, ah, I'm not, I'm almost at a loss for words on this one, but I I gotta say something. I mean, it's a podcast. That's what I'm here for. So, I guess first I'll start with Chandra, because uh, didn't I say back in issue number five that I was worried for her, that I thought that she was going to die? I'm pretty sure I said that, because, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did, but I had no idea that grief and Kamal would die as well. But I don't know. I guess I should have seen that coming because for me, what I'm getting from this story as far as the theme, especially with all of the Belit flashbacks, I think the theme of the story is all about loss. So it makes sense that Conan is going to lose more people that he cares about. But here's the thing about this issue. Just when I thought this title couldn't get any better, Jim and the others come along and throw issue number seven at me. I mean, damn, I thought issue number six was brutal, but seriously, what's Conan going to do now? I, yeah, I know the big guy's going to survive. I know, but I don't know. I think that the big barbarian's future is going to be a bit dark. I think that our Conan is going to go through some shit, which I guess he does that anyway. I mean, it'd be a pretty boring book if he didn't, but I think it's going to get way dark. I just, yeah, I just see... As brutal as this issue was, as, you know, despite the loss that Conan has had just from this one issue, it's going to get worse for him. And, you know, 
I think the final page kind of tells us that. Anyway, before we really get into my thoughts, I got this feeling, you know, deep, deep in my bones. I got this feeling, this feeling, this sense that it's time for Stephen's Stephen's favorite favorite bits. So the cover to this issue is by Alex Horley, who, looking at his website, has done some pretty amazing covers. Seriously, the link is in the show notes. Go check it out because he's got some great shit. And I feel like I have to say that because this cover for issue number seven, it it just doesn't do anything for me. And I feel like I should elaborate, but you know what? I, I'm just not going to. Not everybody's going to like everything that everybody puts out. There's nothing necessarily wrong with the cover. It just doesn't do anything for me. Getting into the issue, once we get past our standard flashback that we've had opening each of the issues in this arc, we get Chandra attacking Conan. And I've enjoyed Doug Braithwaite on this arc so far in the previous two issues, but this issue, I think he really shines. Chandra looks super fucking creepy in this scene. The, 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 the two of them fighting, the look on Conan's face when he's like, what in the hell? You just stabbed me in the fucking back. What is going on? You must be out of your mind, young lady. That It's a great look. It's a great panel. And yeah, Chandra, ooh, creepy. She looks like she should be crawling up the walls, you know, crawling out of a TV like that woman in the movie Ring that I've never seen, but know that that's a thing, I guess. Pretty freaky deaky, huh? The fight between the two of them is brutal as hell. And <laughs> there's a moment where... You know, they're just having this knockdown, drag out fight, and they're literally just bouncing off the walls. She is trying to kill him. She's got a knife. He's trying to fend her off, and they're crashing in the walls and knocking shit off the table. And they're they're at some kind of inn, I'm assuming, because suddenly a guy bursts into their room. He's pulling his pants on like he'd been sleeping in the next room, and he comes bursting in to complain about all the noise. And Chandra just turns to him and slashes his face with her knife, cutting his tongue off. It's, again, you're going to hear me say the word brutal a lot when I talk about this issue because it is brutal. But that, as brutal and as gross as it was, it was also kind of funny. But going from there directly to Conan realizing that whoever this is in front of him, it's not Chandra. It may have been at one point, but it's no longer her. And really the only thing he can do at this point is to kill her because. A, she's trying to kill him, and B, if she does kill him, she may go out into the streets and start killing others, and and Conan just can't have that. And so he literally pummels her to death with his bare fists. And again, fucking brutal. It's not fake. It's totally brutal. The rest of the issue, I mean, I'm just going to jump forward to the fight that Conan has with Grief and Kamal, because really, the two big scenes in this issue are like bookmarks. You got the fight. I'm sorry, but I had to break in here. Uh, I am, of course, going through my normal process for editing an episode. And with the editing complete, I like to give the episode a listen, you know, to make sure it all sounds okay, that the levels are fine, that the music blends with my voice in such a way that, well, that it sounds as professional as possible. And I do all of that from the one room in the house where I am somewhat guaranteed a bit of privacy. And that room is, of course, the bathroom. 
Anyway, I'm sitting here and I got to this bit where I said that the two fights bookmarked the issue and good Lord, I, I just couldn't let that slide because, I mean, that was a pretty stupid thing to say. What I meant to say was that the two fights bookend the issue, not bookmark. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll back it up here just a bit for you and then let you get back into it. But yeah, bookend, not bookmark. Again, I apologize for interrupting the show and wrecking the flow, but I just couldn't let it go, you know? Thank you for understanding. Back to it. The rest of the issue, I mean, I'm just going to jump forward to the fight that Conan has with Grief and Kamal, because really the two big scenes in this issue are like bookmarks. You got the fight with Conan and Chandra here at the beginning. He kills her. He goes out into the night. He's got something kind of going on in his head. You know, the, the prostitute propositions him, you know, when you come up and see me sometime, big boy. And he just, I don't know, he's, he's got something weird in his head. There's something dark and twisted that's really just screwing with him. And then eventually he finds the, the hidden passage. He goes down to the, the secret meeting room, sees that. All of his guild members are dead. I was slightly confused by this because my assumption up to this point was that the glory hounds were literally just Conan, Chandra, Grief, and Kamal. And maybe maybe that's still the case. And, you know, when Conan talks about his guild mates, he's probably just talking about members of the Thieves Guild. And the secret meeting place, while it is something that is marked by the symbol of the glory hounds, it's... Sounds like, you know, one of the things we've learned about Kamal in these three issues is that he is kind of a, uh, he has a lot of contacts on the streets. He has a lot of spies. He's got a whole network that he runs. And this is a secret meeting place that it sounds like maybe he has set up, but it's not used primarily by the glory hounds. Any, anybody who's in the guild, I guess, uses it because Conan goes down there hoping to find members of the guild, which Again, I'm assuming when they say guildmates, they're just talking about the Thieves Guild and not the Glory Hounds because I'm fairly certain the Glory Hounds are just the four of them. But anyway, yeah, he arrives. Everybody's dead. Grief and Kamal are down there. They have been possessed by the same thing that Chandra has been possessed by, which we quickly learned by the end of this issue. It's the three spirits, three of them, three spirits, and Conan has to then fight Grief and Kamal. And it is a Oh, it's a great fight. Very well done. Very well choreographed. It really flows from panel to panel. I mean, it's almost cinematic. It's, you know, I, I can, there's a lot of times, especially with some of the books I grew up with in the 90s, where fight scenes were just panels of dudes posing or ladies posing, throwing fists. They didn't necessarily flow into any type of choreographed fight scene, but this is really well done. Braithwaite really, really gives it his all here. And I, I can see this happening up on the big screen. In the end, of course, Conan comes out triumphant. He kills the only other two people in the city that he has really any connection to, any loyalty to. And he does so in a brutal fashion. I mean, at one point he is fighting grief and he slashes grief across the chest and Kamal comes up behind Conan and stabs at him and Conan drops to the ground and spins and slashes out with his sword and literally 
cuts Kamal's legs out from beneath him, just above the ankles, and then chops his head off as he's falling. It doesn't really show quite how he takes grief out. It was probably the blow across his chest when Conan hits him, slashes him across the chest just before Kamal comes up from behind. It's, it's a, great, a great scene. And then, of course, we get the three specters from the previous issue. Chandra shows up, so her body, her physical self might be dead, but these spirits are still animating her corpse. And so one of them comes out of grief, one of them comes out of Chandra, and one of them comes out of Kamal. And then they leap into Conan, and we get the final page of this issue. It's a splash page. It's Conan kind of in a crouch. He's covered in blood. He's holding his bloody sword. There's entrails and blood and just shit all over the place around him. And his eyes are glowing, vacant and glowing, just like Chandra, Grief, and Kamal. And it is a great, great last page. It just really, I mean, you get to this last page. It's, it's, I didn't see it coming at all. And as soon as I got to this last page, I was just, I said out loud, holy shit. You know, fucking Conan is now possessed by these three spirits and he's going to go out into the world and kill a bunch of people. You're not left feeling good about things by the time this issue ends. You're not sitting back and going, all right, well, Conan came out on top one more time. Conan defeated the bad guys. No, you're like, shit, everything is going to turn into blood and death. And really, it all comes from that last final page. It just, uh, it's cool. It's creepy. It's just a great last page. And it just might be the single greatest bit of art from this arc so far. And I'm not going to say that I would love to have that as a poster hanging on my wall, but yeah, I'd love to have that as a poster hanging on my wall. It, it was just, it's not often that I'm left with a feeling of dismay of, you know, feeling hopeless about the future of not necessarily Conan, because obviously Conan is going to survive, but that doesn't mean that anyone around him will survive. That doesn't mean that he's not going to do something horrific that is going to eat him up for years to come. But yeah, it was a great ending to this issue. And it's the penultimate issue of the arc. So we have one more issue to go, issue number eight, that's going to bring Thrice Marked for Death to a conclusion. And I just, I can't imagine, can't even imagine what's going to happen next. Hither Came Conan will return after these messages. And now back to Hither Came Conan. Final thoughts about the issue, though. I am never more excited about the future of Conan than when I read one of these Titan issues each month. They're just that good. Jim and the crew are certainly building towards something, which, of course, we know that they are because we know that the epic event storyline that's coming later this year is called Battle for the Black Stone. And, you know, I had no idea when I finished the first arc that they were building towards something bigger. I just assumed that the second arc would be another story, you know, like the old Marvel issues in the seventies. It was one and done stories. And I figured this would be the same way, but instead of stories told, you know, complete stories told per issue, it would be complete stories told per arc. And really just, I don't know. I had no expectation that there was going to be something bigger and more epic going on. And then of course I read 
issue number five, and we find out that Tamir's touch, the stone, is the black stone from that first arc. And so at that point, I'm like, hmm, he's at least building a sense of continuity here, but still really didn't have any. I mean, I guess I kind of had an idea. All right, we're, we're building towards something, but I didn't realize that we had, uh, you know, a big event coming. And I, I am, I am really, really looking forward to that. So we got issue number eight coming out next month. Then we'll get our next arc, the next four issues, nine, 10, 11, and 12. We'll have Roberto De La Torre back for that arc. And then we get into Battle for the Black Stone, which begins with a free comic book day issue. And you know what? I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the fact that, you know, here we are seven issues in and we have yet to have one issue or even an arc adapted from one of the original Robert E. Howard stories. And I love that. I mean, sure, these issues are building on what Bob created, but you got to do that, right? But all I'm saying is I'm not going to be sad if we go the next few years without any adaptations of the original Conan stories in this title. Now, I don't know exactly what we're going to get from the Savage Sword of Conan, which that first issue is supposed to land this month. And I don't know, we might get Bob Howard Conan adaptations in the book because it is supposed to be an anthology, right? And if we do, I'm fine with that. I really am. I'm just happy to be reading new shit. You know, when most of those Robert E. Howard stories have at least two comic book adaptations already, if not three because of Ablaze and the Sumerian title, you know, it's I can only read The Frost Giant's Daughter so many times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway, that is all that I have to say about issue number seven of Conan the Barbarian from Heroic Signatures and Titan Comics. But before I go, I got a couple of quick things to talk about here. First of all, I got a new email address for you guys to send in feedback. It's feedback at hithercameconan.com. So yeah, use that email address. Send me your thoughts. How are you feeling in regard to this Titan run so far? How are you feeling about the future of Conan? How are you feeling about the Marvel issues? How are you feeling? Feedback at hithercameconan.com. I do want to hear from you. And if you heard my announcement about me taking a break and using that break to create content, and that when we come back from the break, I will have a handful of episodes in the can, and you're thinking, well, What's the point of providing feedback now? Because it's not like I can listen to an episode that drops on Monday, send them an email about it Monday evening, and then Steven's going to talk about it when he records next week's episode. You know, yeah, that's not going to happen, but I still want to have your feedback because I would love to do feedback episodes now and again. So send them in. New email address, feedback at hithercameconan.com. And speaking of that announcement, if you did miss it, I am taking a break from the show. New episodes will return on Monday, February the 26th. So really, by the time this episode's out, you're looking at two weeks with no new episodes. But during this time off, I have been working on what will be the next six episodes of the show. Those six episodes will cover the first six issues of the Dark Horse Run, which first landed on February the 25th, 2004. So yeah, it's not by chance that we're coming back on February 26th and that the first new episode will be about an issue that landed 20 years earlier. But here's the thing. 
as I'm putting these six episodes together, they are going up on the Super Secret Steven Society for second level members and above. In fact, the Conan number one episode is up there already. And the Conan number two episode, if all goes as it should, it will land there the same day that this episode has landed. I don't want to at this point say that, yeah, for sure, those two episodes are available over there because, you know, shit happens. And I haven't recorded the episode for the Dark Horse Conan number two issue, but that's planned next. The, the plan is to get it up there on the Super Secret Steven Society on Monday the 12th, which is when this episode landed or lands. Has landed? Landed? I don't know. But you do have to be at least a second level member to get these Conan episodes from Dark Horse as they are going up on the society and second level memberships are $2 a month. However, if you join as a first level member for just a dollar a month, you're still going to get the episodes early. They'll just be 48 hours earlier than they go up on the main feed rather than a week earlier or two weeks earlier, but they will be ad free. As a matter of fact, this episode that you're listening to right now, it's been available for first level members and above since Friday. And yeah, ad-free. Can't really stress that enough. But wait, you can also join the Super Secret Steven Society for free and get updates about what I'm doing. For example, I started publishing my to-do list, you know, episode release schedule, what I'm working on, what I plan to have done, tasks, all that junk. And those updates, which again are available to all members, both paid and free, those updates will be sent to your email address. I am thinking of closing down the Stephen Says Stuff newsletter. I haven't quite decided yet, but between Stephen Says Stuff and the Super Secret Stephen Society, if one has to go, it's going to be Stephen Says Stuff. So if you want updates from me in regard to episodes or whatever the heck it is that I'm doing, just go ahead and sign up for free at the Super Secret Stephen Society. And hey, while you're there, just kick it up a dollar and get episodes early and ad-free. Full disclosure, all bonus episodes, such as these Dark Horse Conan episodes, while they are exclusive to second-level members and above, they are only exclusive for a limited time, which just means that eventually they're going to go out on the feed for everybody. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of keeping content behind a paywall, so when I put up a bonus episode, it will eventually go out onto the public feed and the YouTube channel. The only exception to that rule is the monthly mixtape. That's a show I do once a month where I share my favorite music. And yeah, you, you can't really put that stuff out on the public feed or a YouTube channel. But if you want Hither Came Conan episodes early and ad-free, you can join up by using the link in the show notes or just go to secretsociety.hithercameconan.com. First and second level memberships, by the way, have a seven-day free trial period. Join, Join now. now. The, the Super, Super Secret, Secret Stephen Society, Society wants, wants you. you. Otherwise, join me back here on Monday, February the 26th, when I will be looking at Conan number one from Dark Horse Comics, Out of the Darksome Hills. Until then, folks, keep your swords close by, never stop treading them jeweled thrones, and as always, be nice to each other. Bye. Feuds did Conan fight. Honor and fear were heaped upon his name. In 
time, he became a king by his own hand. This story shall also be told. From Stephen or else media. I always, <laughs> I never take a big enough breath there because I have a, a long sentence to say in the opening and you got to breathe, you dumbass, is to bring you an episode chock full of talk. No shit. Oh, damn, <laughs> scared the <laughs> crap out of me. Good night. Good night. <laughs> the first time I did that might be the best version. And so the two fight, bouncing around the room and tearing shit up until the big barbarian, the guy, barbarian, feeling. Just don't think I can move through life knowing that a guy named Steven did this to me. How could you let this happen, Steven? Enough talk. 